Around ten o'clock, I was a free man again, without Ainsley having to put up any bail money, and without any need of the services of his lawyer, but not without a certain amount of argument. On the principle that half a loaf is better than no bread, coppers always prefer to have their hands on a suspect rather than have an empty cell. It looks better for them when the public thinks they've stuck a killer behind bars before his victim has had time to get cold. And no one can teach the average cop anything about playing to the gallery. When the front office decided they didn't have enough on me to make the pinch stick, they turned me loose with a warning not to leave town. I guess the stomach test they gave Judith had something to do with it. Cook told me the analysis of the contents showed up with very little alcohol and a lot of chloral hydrate, and they'd found the dregs of the empty rye bottles stiff with the stuff. The way he gave me the information, I got the idea he had special reasons of his own for telling me. I said, How much is a lot? Enough to give her hop dreams within a few minutes of taking it. Don't see how that lets me out. It doesn't. But the amount of rye does. He pulled at his ear and stared into my eyes like he could see through the back of my head. She had too much outside and too little inside. D.A.'s office came to the conclusion you must have been the same since you wouldn't frame yourself. He stuck out his lower lip and made baby eyes at me. We think you landed yourself in a fixed job complete to the tip-off we got that was meant to railroad you up the river. Tell me about the tip-off, I said. At six minutes after three, Cook said, Switchboard took a call from someone who just said, Police, police, over and over again, and didn't give any name or address. It took time to trace the call, and then a prowl car was routed to 621 Gifford Street to see what was coming off in the apartment on the fifth floor rented by a Miss Judith Walker.